Welcome to this episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess. I'm Eric. And I'm Angie. We are married with a ton of kids. We have six kids total. He has three and I have three. My name's Hallie and I love riding horses. I'm Lexi and I love agriculture. My name's Carter and I love eating. My name's Chase and I love lifting weights. My name's Summer and I love spending my parents' money. I'm Dane and I love baseball. Our show is about our blended, blessed, and always a mess life. And our hope is if you find yourself in the same situation we are in, that by sharing our story, all the fun, and all the mess, the challenges we are experiencing, it will give you some inspirations, laughs, and community, knowing you are not alone in this mess. We appreciate you spending time with us. Let's dive in. Today's episode of Blended, Blessed, and Always a Mess is brought to you by top-notch clothing. You know, our family loves to stay in shape, and so we need a lot of different workout gear. And myself, Angie, and the kids have started to love wearing top-notch. They've got men's and women's apparel, shorts, t-shirts, leggings. The fit on it is so good, and I love their hats. I'm a big hat guy, and you can literally get the hat super dirty, and it just washes right off with some soap and water. It's absolutely fantastic. Look, if you haven't found workout gear that works for you, then check out the website, T in clothing.com and you can get 15% off your first order when you use promo code blessed at checkout top-notch clothing check them out tnclothing.com welcome to this week's episode of blended blessed and always a mess this could be different because there's no notes could be good could be bad this is like going back to like the uh, original where we didn't have any notes and then all of a sudden you realize you wanted all of that and what's happened is Shit show of a week. Let's just be like fully transparent. Shit show of a week. Right before we turn the microphone on, though, I will say this to you. We kind of chuckled at each other because you couldn't figure out what I was thinking. <laughs> and she got her hair done today. She looks beautiful. She looked at me, and there are some moments, some small moments, where she looked at me the same way she did when we first started dating. And that's what happened. And she's like, why are you chuckling? And I haven't seen that look in a minute. I don't see it often. But it was there right before we turned the microphones on. And you are as beautiful as ever, whether you're giving me that look or not. So that's where we're at. She has no notes, which if you are a regular listener to the podcast, that is incredibly not normal for her. It's been a not normal week or two. And so she just said to me today, I'm titled, you can't fix this and let's go. And that's where we're at. I can't fix it. Nobody can fix it. We've talked about that over the last several weeks, too, at different times. She can't fix me. I can't fix the kids. The kids can't fix us. A lot of things that cannot be fixed, and we're trying to work through all of those things. So where would you like to start, Miss? I don't have any notes. Oh, she got her phone out. Do you have notes secretly hidden on there? Maybe. Oh, all this time, I thought no notes. Well, the reason why I said no notes... I mean, when you say notes, I actually write out a lot of my thoughts. It's not I mean, pages notes. of thoughts for like our normal podcast. Right. Yes. But the last couple of weeks have been heavy travel and we have not had time to talk. We've been flying by each other, it's either that or, you know, we're with the kids. And, and it has been hard the last couple of weeks. So, you know, my thoughts of no notes is like, let's just have a organic conversation. <laughs> Let's, let's catch, catch up, up and let the world hear it. Okay. Yes. Yeah. And we've had some hard <laughs> conversations and briefly, 
over the phone, over not the in person. Phone. Last night we did. Yeah. For a minute. In the dark while you were crying yourself to sleep. Yes. Let's yeah. be fully transparent with you yeah. guys. This is our life. I think what we keep going back to is there's no fixing this. It's never going to be fixed. I will never have Hallie back. And as much as everybody misses her, there's still a natural tendency to try to fix it. I try to fix it. You try to fix it. And like as a parent, when you see your child struggling, that's so hard to see, right? We've all been through it as moms, as dads. Moms, I feel like, probably struggle with it a little bit more, especially when kids are young and they're learning life lessons or they're having anxiety over a test or their you know, friend problems. You naturally just want to swoop in and fix it. I wanted to fix Hallie's relationship with her boyfriend. Like There were so many things I wanted to fix, and it's so hard as a parent to watch your child struggle. But there are times when you have your kids that you can be there for them. You can help them navigate it. You can sometimes fix it, not all the time. But this, you, there is no way, no way to fix it. And, you know, we're trying to navigate that realization, but then also every day. And it's hard. And, you know, you said to me the other day, because you know I'm struggling. Sam, I'll get teary-eyed. <laughs> me too. I, we're both just going to cry in this. It is what it is. We're going to talk face-to-face first time about two weeks. So, yeah. It's going to be seven months soon. Next and week. You said to me, Angie, it's okay to not be okay. And this is where our conversation started last night, is I don't feel like it's okay to not be okay. And I, I get the logic behind that and why people say it, because there's, you know, you can't get past the grief. You have to sit in it. But after like seven months, if it was okay for me not to be okay, then I would be sitting in a freaking fetal position in our room and not ever want to leave. I wouldn't be going to work. I wouldn't be still trying to show up and be a mom and a wife and all of that. Like at some point, you have to try to be okay with it, even though you're never going to be okay with it because you life will not stop. Mm-hmm. It's not going to stop. And you still have to get up every day. So I get, you know, th- these are our conversations that we have with each other, <laughs> by yeah. the way. Jesus. It's like, I know you're saying that, but like in my mind, everybody still wants, needs me to still show up for them. At some point, you have to get back up. And so. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> it's. We're in the shit. Like people are walking through shit. We're walking through shit right now. And it is 100% the hardest thing I've ever been in my life. And this morning we got up. So last night, the picture of our, our life right now. All I want is for my wife to feel better. Title of the podcast, I can't fix this. You can't fix this. I'm holding her as tight as I can while she cries herself to sleep. And while I'm trying to do that every night, I'm almost 100% positive I fall asleep first. I mean, just think about as a normal marriage, your husband usually falls asleep first because we're douchers. That's what we do. <laughs> But in this scenario, it's like I'm literally like, keep your eyes open. Let make sure she's asleep before you fall asleep. Pretty sure I'm still falling asleep first. In that process, I'm laying there and I'm listening and I'm thinking, 
you can't really say anything to fix it. I am getting to that where I, I listen. I'm like, I can't fix it. I can listen. I can affirm. I Googled today. I haven't told you this. I knew we were doing the podcast. I Googled today things to do when your wife is grieving the loss of a child. Sometimes it's just be quiet and listen. And that's how we fell asleep last night. Woke up this morning, hugged my wife. It's another day. Tried to tell her that I was here. I would be strength for her. I would hold her. And, and the truth is, I don't know that I can even accomplish all those things, if I'm being honest. I know that sometimes I'm writing checks I don't know if I can cash. But I love you so much. I love this family so much. I just want to fix what cannot be fixed. Yeah, we, you know, we had the conversation too. Here's a here's a blended family challenge too. <laughs> Is last weekend was Father's Day mm-hmm. weekend, and we went to Peoria, <sighs> Illinois. So my kids were with their dad, and Eric's kids all came along. Dane had a baseball tournament four and a half hours away or four hours away. For the record, I was dreading going to Peoria, Illinois. If you're listening in Peoria, I think it's a nice town. I enjoyed it. I was I actually felt bad for dreading it. You have a nice town up there. In the whole weekend, I I don't know why I didn't necessarily expect it to be hard, but the whole time like Eric coached and you just watched them make amazing memories together and you just feel like you're not really there. Did feel you were whole. I was what? Like you were not whole. No, because the whole time I'm like. It's okay. I can remember the exact moment Sunday where I asked you what was wrong and you said what you're trying to say right now. I know exactly what it was. About one oh five in the afternoon, if we're being honest. You're doing great. Just hard to even say it, but I will never have my kids together. Ever. And so then here's a blended family challenge is that we've always said there are kids and I'm and I'm in this moment of my kids. Like I'm not gonna ever have my kids together. And I, I totally get it, like it feels like a little bit there's this like separation. And and this is where I'll go into like if you're a mom that unfortunately has had to walk in the ugliest effing shoes ever. I'll get to what that means in a minute. As a mom and you have, you know, your child and you watch them come to life, you watch them grow, and then I watched her die. There's just such a yearning for that feeling and so I am right now probably leaning in more with the twins because they're they're part of me like Hallie was and then this is challenging for us to navigate that as a blended family too because we were you know we've talked about that on here over and over like it's the crew it's our kids and I'm just struggling trying to navigate all of that it's hard I don't blame you for any of that it's hard no I know I brought it up Monday. So that was Sunday. Monday night, Angie goes to work in St. Louis, Monday to Wednesday. For the record, I don't do well at bringing up tough topics. No, you always do it when I'm gone. 
because I don't like to look you in the face. I don't like to be any kind of tears or I don't do well at it. I love you too much. And I had been thinking it for a minute, over a month. I had noticed it. And then Sunday, I really noticed it when you said it. And so I brought it up. Like from the first moment that we set all six kids down at my old house and said, we would like to bring this family closer together and there's going to be no differences. We've done that to the point that tonight I had a work event after work and my boss, Carla, she said to coworker, they were talking about the same topic and it was a struggle. And she said, well, you just need to see how Eric and Angie have done it. They've never, they are the epitome of every kid's equal. They're all loved the same way. To which then I brought up your mom. Your mom's always been the best thing I love about Eric and Angie is you'd never know whose kids are whose kids. And I've noticed for a while that you're more protective saying my kids that I'm not blaming you for that. It's my like my daughter just... is not. I love Hallie. I miss Hallie. She is. I felt like she was my daughter. My blood daughter didn't die that day. And so I understand what's happening. You're scared. You're terrified. You're feeling all the things. Well, and I'm you're pulling. To, yes, 100%. I'm clinging, clinging to that feeling of my soul connected 100%. to the, my, yeah, it just. So I brought it up. I just said, Ange, I, I want to say this the nice way possible. I'm not mad, but we've always said our kids, and you're starting to say a lot, my kids. My kids hear, I mean, they don't hear it a lot, but my kids aren't dumb. They know because they've been in other situations. And the crew works when it's the crew. My kids, I think I said this to you Monday night, my kids want to lift you up as much as I want to lift you up. They love you so much. And I want to be very clear. Angie's done nothing bad to my kids. She's been nothing but as amazing as she can be. Shows up for them, went last weekend at Dane's tournament four and a half hours away. So I want to make sure that's very clear. She's still the best mom ever. But our crew works because we're one. I've always believed when I parent Chase and Summer that I'm parenting like they're mine, even though I know that they're Lance's. You parent my kids like they're yours, even though they're not yours. And that's what I was getting at. I know it hurt your feelings. I didn't mean for that to be the case. I think you even said something to the effect of, you know, this is the, thank you for the feedback. We didn't argue. We didn't fight. Well, no, it's things to talk about that you just never think about because neither one of us have ever <laughs> navigated something like this. So I would say if you're in the trenches of something that you've never been in before, it's like you have to communicate even when it's hard and give that feedback. Right. And be open to listening, even if you don't want to hear it, even if you disagree. There's times we we don't agree on on it. And I feel like I also have to really try to communicate what I'm feeling, which is also new to me because I've never been in this. And you, I mean, you experience, oh, God, experience pain that you can't even put words to. Like, I can't even describe what it feels like. And so like I share with Eric, like I always feel like no matter what, I'm not I'm not showing up for someone because there's times I also have to go inward. We <laughs> talked about that too. Yeah. He's very like 
vocal and is going to share everything that's on his mind. And that's the way he works through his emotions and his feelings. And I'm the opposite. I'll share a little bit, but like I go inward and really I need time to process things. And when I don't get that time, I'm like brain overload, retreat, retreat, retreat. And so we, so, you know, you <laughs> so, both, you, you know, you're in a relationship, you're in this marriage and every, you navigate things differently too. Not only that, we do it the most backwards, screwed up way possible. Why do you say that? Oh, 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 oh. we should legitimately switch jobs. Oh, you're talking about our actual job. I mean, in life, like Angie's traveling all oh. the time. So she's around people. And then oh, I'm right. left at so I'm left at home by myself. When I want to be in her shoes around people to share, here's where I'm feeling and here's where I'm at. Help me here, help me there, doing all these fun activities. Meanwhile, she's at a job doing fun activities around people and she's wishing she was me at home by herself. We are completely bass ackwards. We're bass ackwards in that regard of how we're handling it. So then I'm at home left in my feels while she's out and about having to act on and she can't be in her feels. It's a screwed up situation in that regard. It is backwards. Like flip it and probably things actually get better, right? (laughs) Yeah. So that's the deal. I can manage people. Can you be on the radio? We can flip. No. No? Damn it. No. So that's that's the deal. So it sucks. You're in that. We don't know what we're doing. She's in pain. I'm in a different kind of pain. And no one knows how to handle it because we've never done this. I think it's. I don't ever want to do it again, for the record. If we ever do it again, just put me in a freaking straitjacket language. Kept it. That was a plus right there. Just put me in a straitjacket. I don't don't want to do this again. I think it all requires a ton of empathy. I mean, I have to put myself in your shoes and you have to try to put yourself in my shoes to try to empathize and understand where the other person's coming from. I would just say that I can feel the pain radiating off of your body at any given moment. I can feel it when we're having dinner together. If we go to dinner, I can feel it laying in our bed. I can feel it right here having a conversation. The pain radiates from your body. I can feel it. And you can't fix it. Yeah, that sucks. It's unfixable. I mean, that's the thing. It's like. But what do we do? You wear the ugly shoes. I prayed. I'm going to have her. She's going to pull this up. She sent me today the ugly shoes. I was praying earlier today. God. Well. You're listening to this. It might be Sunday. It might be next Monday. Last Monday, I took a, a long walk, about an hour walk. I listened to church for the day before since we were in a ball tournament. And just going back to the New Testament, John, listening to Jesus and who he was. If you if you listen to Jesus speak, he was either crazy and a madman or he's who he says he is, the God of the universe. And if, like we do, we believe that he is the God of the universe— then there is some purpose to this. If if he's a madman, what's happened means nothing. If Jesus was mad, if he was crazy, there's really no purpose to the world. If he is God, there's some purpose. So you get to put your dollar down and bet, right? My bet is that Jesus is real. He is God. And whatever's going on is going on. It, that does not mean that I'm not praying to him. So just earlier today, 
I'm praying to him driving home from work. It's like a four-minute drive for lunch going, why is this happening? Why would you do this to us? I can't fix this. I hurt. My wife hurts more. My kids hurt. What am I supposed to do? What do you want from me? Like, what is the end game in this? Because this is one of those seasons of life that I know people go through. I don't like your season. I don't like what you're doing. I don't know how we get out of it. I hurt. My wife hurts. My kids hurt. This is awful. Awful. So with that being said, Angie sent me a poem today about the shoes that she wears every day. And moms across the world wear, which is a powerful part of it, honestly. I've read it multiple times today. I want to know your pain. So I read things that you send me. You've sent me multiple things this week, not just that. I don't just read them once. So if you're ready to share with people. Yeah, so Angie is another mom that I've never met in person, but we cross paths social media, and she's one that I connect with the most because we have similar situations. We, She lost her beautiful daughter, Sydney. Which is weird. That was Hallie's roommate's I name. Know. We've always we thought have a lot that, of that similarities. the two of you are both named Angie and then, yeah, the Hallie's We were supposed thing. to cross paths, 100%. I have no doubt. So we talk often, both lost daughters tragically, and it's just pure devastation. And she's ahead of me in my in our journey. She's coming on 18, 19 months. And, you know, it's kind of like one of those sayings where when you walk through fire, you go back and bring buckets of water to the next person. And that's what she's doing for me and what I'm trying to do for other people is help others that are going through the same fire. So she sent this to me today. A pair of shoes. I'm wearing a pair of shoes. They're ugly shoes. Uncomfortable shoes. I hate my shoes. Each day I wear them, and each day I wish I had another pair. Some days my shoes hurt so bad that I do not think I can make another step. Yet, I continue to wear them. I get funny looks wearing these shoes. They are looks of sympathy. I can tell in the other's eyes that they are glad they're my shoes and not theirs. They never talk about my shoes. To learn how awful my shoes are might make them uncomfortable. To truly understand these shoes, you must walk in them. But once you put them on, you could never take them off. I now realize that I am not the only one who wears these shoes. There are many pairs of shoes in the world. Some women are like me and ache daily as they try and walk in them. Some have learned how to walk in them so they don't hurt quite as much. Some have worn the shoes so long that days will go by before they think about how much they hurt. No woman deserves to wear these shoes, yet because of these shoes, I am a stronger woman. These shoes have given me strength to face anything. They have made me who I am, and I forever will walk in these shoes of a woman who has lost a child. It's the worst. It's the worst. Never seen anything that could be so devastating to a family. And it feels like now we just hear about it all the time, right? Because it happens and then people reach out. And that's what we want. I, we we want to be that support system. Bring the buckets of water. Bring, we want to bring the buckets of water back through the fire. But it's not easy and it's not fun and it's actually freaking awful. So, yeah. So... That's the topic is 
not being able to fix it and still trying to get up every day. What do we do, though? I mean, because honestly, like, we, we kind of touched on it. And we said this months ago, several months ago. And we had this conversation with the kids. Like, what does the crew look like moving forward? It can never be the same as it was with Hallie. She led all the kids. She was the leader of the crew. What does it look like now? How do we rebuild the crew from the ground up? Because I'm not willing to, like, let it burn. That would be the devil. Like, if, if, if the crew burned now, the devil would be in control. If Jesus is in control, we rebuild the crew in a Christ-like manner. What does that even look like? And we're still in such a not quite seven months. It'll be sometime this week in, in a place that we're not sure. We're still healing and trying to figure it all out. But I think I, you stick to what tools we use to build the crew in the first place. So our faith, bringing the kids together, the family dinners. I mean, I... I don't have the answers. I don't know. I think we'll figure it out as we go, which is what we're doing. Like, I think it's unrealistic to think, you know, we're going to know what that path looks like out of the gate when we're still reeling from just our lives being unraveled. I think we are doing some things to move forward, like Hallie's house and trying to create what that future might look like for the crew, but keeping Hallie alive with us. I think it's the book that's progressing. We're starting to get into the color illustrations, and it's so exciting to work on that. And it's painful beauty. It's hard, but it's. I really feel like this book is something super special. And Kenzie Engelbrecht is the illustrator, and she's such a talented, amazing girl and young lady, and it's just... The title of the book is Feathers Matter, so I'll keep dropping little hints and what we're what we're putting together along the way. So I think, you know, it's things like that and we just have to give each other the time and space to heal. And I work like we told the kids, like we're we're gonna make mistakes. Like I don't know how anybody knows what their path forward is is when everything is completely shattered. I think yeah. it's communication. I think it's it's This vase cannot be pasted back together. It, it's, this is not a vase that could be pasted back no. together. It's shattered. But, you, but we have to use the tools that we know keeps us going. And somehow we have to give those to the kids, too. That's all I know right now. I go back to earlier this week. Because we actually get some face-to-face time tonight. It is okay to not be okay. You are not alone. It is okay if Lexi, Carter, Chase, Summer, and Dane know that you're not okay. It grows them. It gives them opportunities to love you. I had some time alone with with Carter and Dane this week. With everybody being gone, I, I was able to share that I'm not okay. And to let my sons know that it's okay to be vulnerable as a dad and a husband. And I think that's super important. Oh, they know I'm, I'm not okay. <laughs> oh, they're figuring it out, but they don't know what to do either. Well, but there's nothing. I mean, that's my struggle is there's nothing anybody can do to fix it. It's like, and I know that I know that the kids need me. They need me. <laughs> no, I don't even know what to say about that. Right? No, you, let me, do you disagree let me say with this. me? Here's what I'll say. I must say this. I'll probably say it wrong. I have said this to people. 
meeting Angie for me and my three kids at the end of 2019 was the greatest blessing God has ever given to all four of us. She is the kindest, most loving, positive individual that any of us have ever been around, all four of us. She made it so that our lives were, I hate to say it, but basically perfect. And my kids would say that. I would say that. And now our lives are no longer perfect, not by anyone in our home's doing, by a careless, reckless individual, and we're all broken. Now, myself, uh, not just my kids, but your kids too, we all want to show up for you because you are the closest thing to perfect we've ever been around. So we just want to show up for you. And we don't know what to do. We don't know how. And yes, our home is never going to be the same because perfect has been broken. And perfect wasn't just you. Perfect was Hallie. It's all been broken. And if you're listening, if you've lost a child, you understand what that means. It's been broken. Cannot be fixed. Cannot be replaced. Does not mean that as a family, we don't want to do our best to try to figure it out, how to put it back together and move forward. Um, if there's anything I could say, it's that our family wants to refine, refigure out some type of happiness together. And not just for our own selfishness, but to honor Hallie of, hey, babe, we love you. And we want to make sure that you know that we're okay while you're up there living life to the fullest. <clears throat> and that is where our family is currently at. It's hard. Really freaking hard. But we can't fix it. Yippity skippity. Sorry for the depressing podcast episode. Probably the greatest podcast we've ever launched. People listen to it left and right. Oh my God, they're so sad. Yeah, we are. We hide it week to week. People don't want to deal with the sad. We'll talk about that if you want to. We're out of time, but we could. Nobody wants to dive into that because it makes them uncomfortable. But the truth of the matter is we're freaking sad. And it sucks. So, hey guys, thanks for listening this week. We really appreciate each and every one. <laughs> Here's the deal. For real, we hold on to the promise of Jesus that he died on the cross for our sins. And that's why Hallie is in heaven with him. And that's why someday if we can hold on to that promise and hold tight to him, we'll be in heaven with Hallie and Jesus. That does not mean we're okay right now because we are in pain and struggling and things hurt really freaking bad. I can't tell you how much I said freaking when I would say the other word tonight. Hallie's probably disappointed if I'm being honest. But that you're not dropping the They're not dropping F-bombs, but I'm trying to clean it up because I feel like this is an important podcast to share for people that are hurting and in pain. I would ask you this if you listen this week. First time listener, long time listener. Would you take a second and pray for our family? That's it. Just take a second and pray for us. Super grateful. That's what I have. I would just say if you're in a situation where it's unfixable and you don't know what to do, the only thing that I do that really keeps me going is I pray. I just pray. I know we talk about our prayers all the time, but your, your prayers are, why did this happen? My prayers are just begging. I mean, I just keep saying that. I, when I 
am by myself and or just in in deep thought and I'm praying it I it's just the same thing over and over and I get super emotional but it's just like I pray to Hallie and to God just help me just guide me like I know I'm, I'm here okay I'm here on earth you're you're in heaven and I've got all these responsibilities here help me and guide me and I don't even know what to ask for I don't know any Thing else to say other than that so that would just be my only <laughs> rapper is like you're in an unfixable situation just pray and wait for your wait for your answer we thank you for spending some time with us this week we are sorry it was a little bit depressing at times but we do want you to understand what's going on and if you're in this same boat we're with you we're with you and it's hard hey Andrew I love you. Love you too. And I choose you. Choose you too. We'll talk to you guys next week. God bless. Thank you for listening to Blended Blessed and Always a Mess. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and at blendedblessedalwaysamess.com. Reach out to us on any of our social channels. We would love to hear from you. Have a great week.